please lift the bride's veil, the robot said in a tinny voice. That's not me doing a tinny voice. No. Waving its arms in the air as the newlyweds kissed in front of about 50 guests. Uh The wedding took place at a restaurant. Wait, wait, the guests were real? I I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to call and find out. Probably some were. Some weren't. You know what I mean? A few robot guests are okay. Some androids. Mm -hmm. You know know what I mean? A mixed uh, mixed company. Mixed company, right. right. I think the android sisters actually sang at the event. (laughs) The wedding took place at a restaurant in Hibiya Park in central Tokyo, where the iFairy wore a wreath of flowers and directed a rooftop ceremony. I don't think that iFairy knew what she was wearing. You could have had barbed wire around her, and she was still the pigtails would have flashed in the eyes. (laughs) Not barbed wire. She's a big star, but go ahead. Wires led out from beneath this robot to a black curtain a few feet away where a man crouched and clicked commands into a computer. Here's the bride. (laughs) This was a lot of fun. I think that Japanese have a strong sense that robots are our friends, said the bride, Satoko Inui, 36, who works at the Kokoro factory. Oh, she worked with robot every day. Good no. friend, never give her problem. No. Oh, I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah, no. no they, they're going to start blog when, when you can blog us on the site, which will be soon. It, it's and I hate this for doing okay for doing yeah. uh, for doing a dialogue. But the Japanese are my favorite insane people. I don't like the Chinese at all, but the Japanese, I just love the fact that they they take any culture, particularly our culture, and mash it with their culture and yep. come out with the most insane things. In now, the world. I hear that Hello Kitty is, however, got to be replaced. Hello Kitty's been around for a long time, and I think she is going. And no. Hello Kitty was always one of the funniest, uh, most wonderful, you know, things. Well, what about th- that means no more Hello Pussy dry cleaners? I have uh, to tell the story. Oh, right. oh, oh, yeah. There's yes. A, why not? Uh, HP Cleaners, which is one of the dry cleaners here on Whidbey. The Island. only dry cleaner. Yeah, on, the, on South, South Whidbey, yep. right? Okay. And the front of the store is an entire Hello Kitty Emporium yep. and Chocolat. Those people, it's wonderful. I mean, I went and I've gotten my daughter all kinds of interesting things. And then there's a dry cleaners, right? Yes, that's well, right. Well, they decided to put a porno shop in the back. Am I right? You are right. They yes. decided to put a porno shop in the back. And of course, the residents, this is before I moved here, but I hear that they scotched it real quick. It was um, open and closed, I would say, in the same day, probably. So, yep. But to me, they will always be known as Hello Pussy Cleaners. More news from Afghanistan. Farmers from the district of Marja, which since February has been the focus of the largest American-led military operation in Afghanistan, are fleeing the area, saying that the Taliban are terrorizing the population and that American troops cannot protect the civilians. This is a very common theme. The departure of the farmers is one of the most telling indications that Taliban fighters have found a way to resume their insurgency. Three months after thousands of troops invaded this Taliban stronghold in the opening foray of a campaign to take control of southern Afghanistan. Remember, General McChrystal said, this is it, and I've got a government in a box ready to take over. Well, the only thing that's in a box is American soldiers and innocent women and children and lots of Taliban. Militants have been infiltrating back into the area, and the prospect of months of more fighting is undermining public morale, resident and residents, officials said. As the coalition prepares for the next major offensive in the southern city of Kandahar, the uneasy standoff in Marja, where uh, neither the American Marines or the Taliban have gained the upper hand and clashes occur daily, provides a stark lesson in the challenges of eliminating a patient and deeply rooted insurgency. Patient and deeply rooted. 
brutal, really brutal, despicable people, but patient and deeply rooted. Combat operations in Marja ended at the end of February, and the military declared the battle won. Yeah, mission accomplished, McChrystal. But much of the local Taliban, including at least four mid-level commanders, never left, stashing their rifles and adopting the quiet farm life. The insurgents' extensive intelligence work in Marja has remained intact, and they have been able to maintain a hold over the population through what residents have described as threats and assassinations. Real nice guys. In April, members of the Taliban visited one old man late at night and made him eat his aid registration papers, several residents said, a mafia-style warning to others not to take government aid. At the beginning of May, a well-liked man named Sarifula was beaten to death, accused of supporting the district chief and not paying taxes to the Taliban. His killing froze the community and villagers stopped going to the district administration. I wonder where in the Quran they read about beating people to death and making them eat pieces of paper that they find. Well, maybe it is there. I I don't know. The population remains divided in its support for the Taliban, with a portion providing shelter and assistance to the militants and few daring to oppose them. Villagers complain of indignities imposed by the foreign forces also, like the arrest and killing of civilians, house searches that violate the ethnic Pashtun sense of honor and the sanctity of the home, and checkpoints where they are forced to lift up their shirts, which is deeply shaming for Afghans. This to show they are not carrying explosives. Americans are so ethnocentric. We really believe that our lifestyle is the way. You know, we we are the shopping mall of the world. We don't take any time to learn anybody else's language and learn anybody else's customs. Nobody got together with McChrystal and said, you make these people raise their shirts and you're going to just humiliate them. And every time you humiliate them, you create another insurgent. More Taliban fighters have arrived in recent weeks, slipping in with the itinerant laborers who've come to work the poppy harvest and staying on to fight. The poppy harvest? What happened with the DEA? What happened with, we're going to replace poppies with what? Wheat? Flax? Tangerines? No. They're growing poppy. We're letting them grow opium. And then we're letting them ship it out to the world. And then we're spending billions of dollars to interdict the stuff or or, you know, or, or arrest and jail the people who use it. Okay, so what these Taliban do is they come in disguised as itinerant farmers. Then they fire several shots at an American patrol and then flee or throw aside their weapons and pick up spades posing as innocent farmers. It's, it's, it's like a little uh, uh, pantomime, a dumb show. And we're the dummies. We know who the Taliban are, said Mohammed Ismail, a farmer in the region. When they attack the police or the Americans, they put down their weapons and sit down with ordinary people. We cannot say a word against them. They know us, and we know them pretty well. We know Taliban are killing people and threatening people, but we cannot stand against them or tell Americans or police about their whereabouts. This is a real pickle. Mr. Obama, I know you inherited this mess, but you've got to use your good mind and your best offices to get us out. Well, Peter, I I just was musing and I thought I could perhaps involve you in this uh, amusing, musing moment about uh, uh, existence, you know, why we're here and questions Mm, like that. Big, deep questions. Yeah, it's it's people have been working on this for a long time, deep underground and uh, 
yeah, that's where they work on it underground. They don't. You can't be in the daylight. And, Distracted by the real just, world. Yeah, no, no. That would be trying to figure out the wrong way of going about figuring out existence. Anyway, this has been going on a long time, and. Dennis Overby, one of my favorite uh, New York Times writers, always writes about the most obscure, weird, and offbeat universal stuff. So <laughs> this is, a, this is a, a story called Thank Your Lucky Muons. Yes, siree. How, how is it that matter and antimatter, how is it that we matter instead of we don't matter or aren't matter? Read on, Dave. I have no answers to these deep questions. Over the years, physicists have discovered a few examples of what they call CP violation in rare reactions between subatomic particles that tilt slightly, uh, slightly, and slightly too, in favor of matter over antimatter, but not enough to explain our existence. But it's important to them. They've made yeah, a choice. Yeah. You know, now, it's it's a personal they, choice. Now they've 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 gotten a little farther with the new effect hinges on the behavior of particularly strange particles called neutral B mesons. 